um, just as Daddy said, you know, we're here celebrating, or we're not here celebrating, tomorrow or this Tuesday we celebrate our independence as a nation, but we can celebrate each and every day our, our freedom through Christ Jesus, which is more important. Because this world, this United States we live in, can only bring us so much freedom, and that's never going to bring us eternal freedom. But Jesus Christ should bring us eternal freedom, right? And that's what we celebrate. You know, I'm proud to be an American, also proud to be be able to be born in this in this land, in this place that you know we we fuss and gripe and complain about everything that's going on and our government and the things that they're doing. But we can still meet, we can still join together. We can still, as we're going to read this morning, we're two or three together together in His name, in Jesus' name, He's here in the midst of us. And so that's why we're here this morning. That's why we come and, and we can do these things freely and speak freely. And, you know, if we don't be bold, even, you know, as us as Americans and what we believe in and what we put our, who we put our faith and trust in, if we're not bold now as we go along and we go further in this life, it's going to be harder for us to be bold. Why? Because the church in America today has become, like Daddy said, more silent. We're, we're, we used to be and we should still be the majority because that's the, that's the fundamentals and the, and the faith that we're founded on is through Jesus Christ. And that's what this country was founded on. But you can see less and less of that going on in America today and everything else being celebrated. And the churches are not full today. And I know vacations going on. It's summertime and people are here and there and there's nothing wrong with that. But any other time, everybody's still got everything going on and the house of God's not full. The house of God becomes second and third and fourth and fifth place to everything else that goes on. And, and you can see it from the top down. But we've got the ability to change that in our own life no matter what our government does. Right? Amen. Amen. Good to see you all this morning. Awesome time already. I know, the, I know the presence of God is here. I don't know if you can feel it or not. It's not because we sing God Bless America or Sydney sing or whatever. Because, you know, it's like this song. I love it. I love those words that said that, all that I have. This is all I've got. And I look at my life, and you can look at your own. It's like, my life doesn't deserve God. My life doesn't deserve eternal life. Why? Because we think of life. We think of all the things that are going wrong and what we've done wrong in our life. And I don't deserve God. But He said, that's all I want is this. All I want is your heart. And I can clean everything else up if you let me. And so, love it. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. I was tearing up over here. I'll start tearing up again. That's all right. Amen. Well, all right. well let's uh, receive our offering. Amen. Pat, I guess you can save your devotion for next week. Brad, well, you didn't come up here. You just, okay. I didn't know who had it. Oh, I know. I just figured it was Pat. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I just got up. So I, Gabby asked me, she's like, is your dad doing devotion and singing? I said, I guess so. So, <laughs> that's all right. We took up that time slot. You know, we got everything on time slot. So we took up that time. He does. And that's what we pray for. That's what we pray for every week when we come in here, that the Holy Spirit has His way. 
Because if we get used to just doing everything in a certain order, regiment, in a certain time, then it becomes tradition. Then religion slips in, and then that's what we, we can't do it no other way. And, you know, we know we're bad as, as churches. As, you know, we meet together, we got to have it a certain way, a certain time, a certain place. This is how I want it, and this is how I expect it to happen. This is how I expect the songs to sing, and we do all that. And then God's like, hey, I thought you wanted me to move. Because if we look anywhere in this Word, Jesus never moved in a logical way that we would think he would move, did he? Jesus never done anything like that, except in our mind we expect him to still today move on our terms and in our way. But um, so, all right. Well, VBS was great, wonderful time. I believe everybody that came enjoyed it, and from the children to the adults, everybody had a great time. It was just um, um, a lot of fun. You know, and, and I believe that through this, we're going to see these young lives being changed. Right? That's why we do it, to help form their life, to see Jesus and how He can work in their own life and how they can look to Him even at a young age. <laughs> and so, so it was great. Thank everybody again for all your help, everything you've done. It was a lot of work to put on, but it was a lot of joyful work. And, and God gets all the glory and honor and praise for it. Um, Jenny wanted me to mention that in women's group, if you want to do the secret sister, this is just to the females. No men can do this. Um, then there's forms on the back table that she needs filled out and turned in by next Sunday. Next Sunday. So you got a week to fill them out and tell all about yourself and what you like. I've seen them. I know. Y'all women like all these little things. Us men, we're not going to do some secret brothers, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> I'll bring you a pack of gum. I make popcorn for y'all on Wednesdays. Is that not good enough? Or Brad does. I mean, I'm sure. It can get real expensive for men real quick. More so than women because men like the expensive toys, the big toys. So, But I know y'all women have a good time with that and fun with that. And, you know, y'all, that's fine. Um, but but fill out those forms in the back. Um, prayer requests, um, we mentioned this morning in our prayer time in the back for Dillard Tomlin. Everybody pretty much knows him. He's one of the ones that helped cook out here when we had our fish fry. But we've, we've mentioned prayer for him before. They, he had the um, um, prostate cancer. Well, they found it in his lymph nodes, and he's having to go through and, and go through 38 treatments um, five days a week. Um, and so... You know, he needs prayer for that in his life um, and healing for that area. And, and his wife, Alicia Tomlin, also, that she have strength through this. And they found something that possibly going on with his thyroid that they're wanting to look at and, and concerning. Well, you know, I'm sure for anybody that's ever had cancer, I've fortunately never been there, but or anything wrong, they say this is wrong. And then they say, well, we need to look at something else. You know, the thoughts that the devil can put in your mind about different things in your body going on cannot be good. And so we need to pray for encouragement for him, for help, for healing, and, and that God will be with him. And then Miss Doris wants us to pray for her sister Mary, um, for, for kidney issues and different things going on in her life. So remember Mary this morning. Mary, I had her last name in my head, I'm sorry. Sharp, yes, sharp. I was close. Close. 
we will be lifting her up for sure. So y'all pray for Mary this morning as we pray. All right. Well, let's let's pray and we'll receive her offering. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. All this sweet spirit that's here this morning, God, we just we know the Holy Spirit works and moves in our life and works in ways we can't understand or or and, and Father, we just ask for freedom this morning here in this service that that people would would receive and understand the things that are going on today and God that they would want to have a closer relationship with you and, and, and a deeper walk with you, Father, and their faith will grow this morning and, and different things, God, that they can work and you can work and move in their life and they know that you're real and that, you're, that your spirit's real and it's here in this place this morning. We thank you for it. God, we just um, bring these, these different needs up to you this morning, God. We pray for Dillard Tomlin, God, that you touch him, that you bring help, health and healing to his body right now. God, as he goes for these treatments, Father, that, that, that they'll do what they need to do. We know that, you know, we, we, we believe in medicine, but we believe that you are the true healer and the main healer, and you're going to get all the glory and honor and praise for this, for healing in his body and his life. We thank you for that. Pray for Miss Doris right now, for her sister Mary. God, that you touch her. God, that you bring healing to, to that kidneys and those things in her life, Father, that you just touch and you move and you work. And you bring miracles to these areas. And, and God, we just thank you for it right now. God, you just pray again as we go on in this service. God, our, our minds and our hearts and our eyes be open this morning to your word. That we learn from your word this morning. That we go out and live boldly in this nation that you've given us to live in freely. That we can freely live the life that you've called us to without regret, without shame, without anything that's holding us back, Father. Because we know you're the one that gives us the giver of life. And you give us true freedom and freedom through you, and we thank you for that, through your Son. God, we just love you and we praise you for it. I'll bring these, as we bring these tithes and offerings to you this morning, that you bless, that you move, and you work in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all remember the, the elderly man, Andrew, that started coming a few months ago that sat in the back back here. He was a little short guy, older guy that walked. Um, he passed away this week, we found out. Um, we don't know what happened. We know that he was in Coleman um, and then got sent to Princeton and Birmingham. And then um, they, they picked his body up Thursday morning. So I don't know that he had any family around. I think he lived with his nephew or, or cousin or something like that over here in a trailer and thoughtful but uh, but yeah he was just he seemed to be a sweet a sweet man and and so you know we just remember his family in prayer I, his name was Andrew I don't remember his last name I don't know that he ever told me his last name but but he was helping fetch a cup of coffee on Sunday mornings or whatever and y'all probably seen him walking around town carrying his little wagon and so but um, but anyway so all right, children can go to children's church. You go. He's been ready since he got here. All right, amen. Anything else this morning before we get into the Word? All right, so that means y'all are ready. So, how many remember what we talked about last week? Without looking at the screen, because it says part two, okay? Keys of the kingdom. We talked about that and through that, and, 
and went through, we, we talked about three aspects of, of what those keys are and what they signify. And, and, you know, the first one we talked about was keys. Those keys signify access. We have access to the throne of God because He's Lord of our life. We have access to His kingdom because He's our Lord and our Savior. And through Jesus Christ, He makes us available to us, and they signify authority. <laughs> and, and what we're going to talk about this morning goes along with that authority that we have as a believer. And, and so, is my mic going in and out? A little bit? Well, maybe it'll quit here in just a minute. All right. And, and the authority we have as a believer through Jesus, we can, we can do the things that He's told us to and live the life that He's told us to because of Jesus Christ and what He's done. Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And He said, I give you these things. And, you know, watching and listening to things this past couple of weeks on, on what this means and on what, you know, we're going to talk about binding and loosing. You know, there's, there's different thoughts and different things you can look up. It's like me and Daddy was talking last night about it. You know, when he was coming up, there was not Google. So I remember he's got to have this library of books and a library of, of, of references and things he could go to and look at. You know, not that I don't have books and things I can go to, but there's information all over. So we can look. I can I can. I can type in on my computer, and you can do the same thing. It's not just selected to me and my browsing, um, what I do online. But, you know, what does it mean to binding and loosing? What, what does binding and loosing mean? What does the authority, what does the keys of the kingdom mean? And, and so there's different thoughts and different things, you know, and these keys signify authority, and then we know that keys signify insight. Insight, insight into the kingdom. The Holy Spirit gives us the insight because the Holy Spirit, sent to reveal things to us, things that we couldn't understand, things that we, we just can't fathom in our mind. And still, reading through this more this past week, when I come to binding and loosing, it's still like, well, you know, what does that mean? What, how does that work in my life? And, and so, I, I still, at times... Look, when we read the Word, we see it and try to, and we read it because we read everything on a natural level and we try to understand the Word of God on a natural level. And we think that, well, if it doesn't, I don't understand what that means, so it really don't pertain to Him. You know, the whole Word of God pertains to you, it pertains to me, it pertains to everybody in this room. When you read the Word of God and God's showing you something through the Word of God, it pertains to you. When a verse comes to you and, and you're in just you walking around it's like, well, why am I thinking of that verse? You might want to go to that verse in the Bible and study it out some more and see what God has for you. Why? Because that's the Holy Spirit giving you insight into the Word of God. If God revealed to us His whole Word and His whole plan, our little our little finite minds could not handle it and it would just explode. We'd go crazy. It's like I said, a guy at work, you know, studying through the book of Revelation and he's and this, that's fine if he wants to do that and the things and what this means and what that means and, you know, how this, you know, are we in this, you know, when did God, when did Jesus or when did Satan fall from heaven? When did all this, when timelines and different things and, you know, he's still talking to me about it and you can tell it's consuming all of his thoughts. Well, that's good if he lets it consume in the right way. And he's like, well, and he's got kind of got this attitude, well, I want to understand and if I don't, then I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I've asked him, I was like, well, if you don't understand all of this, does that still make you doubt that Jesus was the Son of God? 
He said, no. I said, good. I just want to make sure that's where you're at. That you're not trying to disprove the Word of God through studying the Word of God. And so people go into it like that. They, they look at this and they think, well, that's just stuff written back then and translated. And all these different things. And, and, and so we need insight to the Word of God. We need insight to the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is that vessel that gets us there to where we can actually see just a glimpse of what's going on. Just a glimpse. What did Moses? Moses wanted to see the hindsight of God, right? Or he wanted to see God's face. And God said, you cannot see my face. Nobody can, no man can see God's face and live. And so as he went by, we know that, he, that God covered his eyes and he saw the hindsight of God. And his face glowed for, what, three days? They had to put a veil over him because it was glowing so much because of the glory of God. Just from the hindsight. Just from God seeing the backside. Or just from Moses seeing the backside of God. That was it. So, so he got just a little glimpse of what, who God was. Just a little glimpse. And the Holy Spirit helps us get that insight to where we can understand things that we read in the Word a lot more. And trust me, I've done a lot of praying. I told you last week, I pray, and Holy Spirit, show me what you mean through this, what, what Jesus is talking about. And more this week, I've been praying the same thing. Show me, open my eyes. And still at times, I'm reading this and I'm still like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And so, and I'm, there's, whether you get it this morning or not, the Word's going to be taught, okay? That's, that's what we're here for. And so it's for you to take what you hear from here and go home in your only day, and in your daily time with God and read the Word of God and ask for yourselves for insight. Because me as a pastor, and Daddy done the same thing when he was pastoring the church, prayed like Paul did in Ephesians chapter 1. Can I read that real quick? This is my prayer for you. Just as Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus back then, this is my prayer for you. I don't want to come up here and read the Word of God and preach to a bunch of people that have no understanding. Because as a pastor, the joy that we get out of pastoring is to see the people we're preaching to and ministering to grow in the Word of God, grow in their faith, grow in their walk with God, to where when things come up, you know how to overcome those things because you can say, well, not because of what Mark preached, but because of what the Word of God says, and you got it and understood it. So in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul's speaking here, and he says, Therefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is a prayer. This is our prayer for you. I prayed this this morning again, that the spirit of knowledge and understanding would be here in this place, and that everything that's said here, everything that's mentioned here, spoke out of the Word of God, you would understand and know and receive in your life to where you can go out and live the life that God's called you to live. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us to who believe according to the working of His mighty power. That you can understand that. That's hard to fathom. 
His exceeding mighty power. What does that mean? What, what is that talking about? That's talking about the power we have through the name of Jesus. Through His name only do we have this power. Do we have this authority? And, and we, can, we can use that in every area, in every situation in our life. Everything that comes up, we can use the name of Jesus and, and know what that's talking about. Which He has worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in, the, in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but which is age to come. And He's put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. That's the prayer. That's the prayer we pray for you. That's the prayer you should be praying for yourself, for your family, for your spouse, for whoever. That, you know, you're praying for, for whoever in your life to, to come back to the knowledge of Jesus as He needs to be, that's coming, that need Jesus in their life. That you pray for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened. That you pray for the Holy Spirit to move in their life. You know, I've, I've heard it said, and we've preached it in church, Holy Spirit, just put a hook in their mouth and pull them on. Well, He didn't do that none of us, did He? We want to. We want them to God to just fish down and get up here and pull them up where they need to be, but none of us got to Jesus that way, did we? And so we, we want to, the Holy Spirit got a hook into us at one some point in our life. And I'm sure it was from people praying. All right? And I'm not saying you're wrong for praying that way. If God's led you to pray that way, you pray that way. But you pray for the eyes of understanding to be enlightened. That somebody comes into their path that, that can show them the love of Jesus. That can, that can say the right thing to them to where it just snaps with them. It just clicks. And that the Holy Spirit work and move in their life. So this is where I'm at today. This is where we want to be to understand what, what's being preached and what's being taught. And, and so, just a little backstory on, on Matthew chapter 16. Let's go there. Read these same verses we read last week. Matthew chapter 16, we'll start in verse 13. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's what we want to get to today, the last part of verse 19. Whatsoever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Loosed on earth, loosed in heaven. We asked last week, how many understood what that's about? I didn't see a hand raised. And I said, guess what? We get to learn together, right? So as I learn, and I, I'm sure... I've been preaching for several years, but I'm still young at pastoring, okay? So preaching a message on a Sunday morning or whatever is different than pastoring. I mean, you're like, well, you're still preaching. Yes, but there's more responsibilities to that. 
there's more responsibilities to pastoring than there is preaching. I'm not belittling preaching or whatever. You prepare a sermon just like I prepare for this sermon each week. They say you still prepare for a sermon, but you're not able to get into a lot of time the context and different things because you can't just go on and go on, and, and, and it's, it's different. Guys that preach, you all know what I'm talking about, right? So, so back in this day when Jesus was saying this, and Matthew's the only gospel, right, that it's recorded in, this, this binding and loosing out of the four gospels that we call the gospels. So... There were specific situations not written about in the Torah. Their, their law, as it was called, or instruction, book of instruction that they looked at back then. And got all these different laws from the 600 and something that they had to live by as far as the Jewish people. So there were, there were things written, but it wasn't expounded on. So the religious leaders added to or took away to make it fit their situation. So they made a lot of rules to cut your individual cases. And they bound. And this bound here means to forbid something. And loosed means to permit something. So we think of binding and loosing. We think of somebody. And, and there's a lot of connotation that speaks to this. And I'm not. We think of bound up, somebody handcuffed, somebody chained, and then somebody loosed. Well, it's preached both ways, okay? It's preached that way also, and I have nothing against that. But I want to I want to look at this this morning. And so we we forbound or forbid something or loose permitted activities based on their interpretation of the Torah or law. Some of their interpretations were correct, while some were incorrect. So, for example, we know this: we're not supposed. It was spoke in the book of Exodus, chapter twenty. I think I've got that up there. We'll read that real quick. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, talking about not working on the Sabbath day. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do work, but the seventh day in the Sabbath of our Lord your God, in it you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who was in your gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So, well, what does that mean, work? And, and so, do you understand what that means? I mean, it can mean a lot of things. We think of work as going to work every day. We think of work as actually slaving or, or putting forth physical effort. Well, if, if that was the case, then I shouldn't be up here preaching. Because I'm putting forth a physical effort to bring forth something. And I'm not saying this is work, but you understand what I'm saying. That, that we can take that and break it down to make it fit us. So that's what they've done a lot of times. They, they said it was never defined which activities were work. So the rabbis had to make judgments about it. They decided walking more than 2,000 cubits, which is about one half mile, was work. So they bound it. They forbid it. Well, you can walk around your house, you can do something. You cannot walk more than a half a mile a day. Most people, I'm good with that. I can go to my refrigerator and recliner a lot of times in a half a mile. And, and not worry about doing anything. So they forbid that anyone from walking further on the Sabbath. And so when, when we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, They returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. So they could only walk 
so far. They can only go so far. So a lot of people could be today, can't go to church today. It's a little farther than my, my regiment of time that I'm supposed to be walking or moving. So I'm joking, don't take it that way. It's not what he's talking about. What I'm getting to is what they put in the law to bind and loose and how man made these laws up to add to what God had put down. I mean, you know, we still do that today. We add to and take away from what God has said in His Word so it fits our life right then. We're not going to get into a bunch of situations. You know in your own life what you're doing. You know in your own life where you let God move and take God away. To where you bind God in your life and forbid Him to do things, and you, oh, all right, Holy Spirit, I'll loose you to do that. It doesn't work that way, all right? So we, we read on in the New Testament that the rabbis had, had forbidden healing on the Sabbath day. They had forbidden that. They had bound that. And so when Jesus come up in Luke chapter 13 and verse 14, it said, But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, but not on the Sabbath day. How sad is it that even back then, back then, you could, you could, all right, we, we, we're, we're backwards today. We do everything we want to for six days and set aside one day for God and expect Him to do everything else in this one day and this one time slot. Tell me I'm wrong. We expect Him to do for us at church and give for us at church in this certain time slot because we're giving to Him then. They were backwards on it. They said, no, God can work in people's lives six days, but on the seventh day you're not supposed to do anything. It still doesn't make sense either way you say it. Either way, it doesn't make sense. If God's God and God's Lord of every day that ends in Y and the Lord of the Sabbath and on Monday through Saturday, then we should let Him work at any time at any given time in our life and give Him freedom to work in our life no matter what's going on. So this religious leader was telling Jesus he was wrong for healing on the Sabbath. He said, the Lord then answered, Jesus answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Or so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loose from his bond on the Sabbath. How better time is it for somebody to be freed but on the Sabbath, on the Lord's day, to be free from their chains and bondage in their life? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things which were done by him. So his adversaries were like, I think, I think he's got a point. Now we're going to kill him, but I think he's got a point. And, and that's where they was at. So, so Jesus ignored their ridiculous interpretation of the Torah and called the religious leaders hypocrites. But Jesus did not say that the leaders were wrong for trying to apply general teaching of the Torah to specific situations. He did not call them out because Jesus knew the Torah. Jesus knew their law back in that day. He knew what was going on. He said their interpretation about healing was wrong. And that's what we get to in the church today. You can listen. I have this week different interpretation of what Jesus was talking about. Different interpretation of what the Word of God means for our life. Different interpretations. We know it's all over, especially in the Western church today, from one end to the other of the spectrum of how the Spirit of God should move, how He should work, how He should heal, how we should do these things. Should we not speak in tongues? Should we speak in tongues? Should we take communion every day? Every time we come together, should we not? 
guys, and all this stuff that, that we get caught up in, and we, we get back to making different interpretations of the law, the Word of God that He has set down. Instead of seeing Jesus and what He truly means to us. We, we lose Jesus and all of the things that we come in and out of all the time because Jesus has got to be here front and center because that's our ultimate sacrifice. That's the one that laid down His life for us. So let's go on. So we still take the Word of God and make it sound better for our situation in that moment in time. So that was just some background of what this binding and loosing, as we read in Matthew chapter 16, 19, what Jesus was talking about then. It's not talking about taking somebody and me taking Cody and binding him up, telling him, you better not do this. You can't do it, and then loose him. Let's, let's, read, let's read this same verse in the Amplified Version. It'll be up on your screen unless you've got a, a Bible app and can pull it up. Then most people don't just carry around the Amplified Bible. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful, on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. Must be. Another version that, that is in my Bible app of the Amplified says, whatever you forbid or would bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. So must have been or will have been. So it's already bound in heaven. And the same with loosing. And what's, whatsoever you loose, declare it lawful on earth. It's already loosed in heaven. Okay? So, so that right there tells me that we just can't throw anything up to God and say, all right, I'm going to bind this and I'm going to loose this. It's not like we're going up here and we're sticking a binding slot in here and I'm going to take this down here with me. And God's like, hey, hey. Hey, Mark wants to bind this in his life, and he wants to loose this. And then God's like, hey, all right, all right, let me go over here. No, God knows already. It says right there, it must have been. It's already been done in, earth, in heaven before we ever get to earth. Why? Because God's been around forever. So we're just, just a glimpse catching up just a little bit with what God has for us. And, and so if he left just this, to us to say, well, I can bind and loose whatever I want to. What are we going to do as humans? We will take full advantage of it. And then, then, then in our minds, we're, st we're still thinking physical, earthly things to make us better in this world instead of thinking this eternal kingdom that Jesus was talking about. So we would take, we would take, and we would say, all right, well, I'm going to bind all poverty in my life. I will have no more bills, which I made my own way. You know, I did it myself to make my own bills, but I want God to take them away from me, so I'm binding those things out of my life. You say, well, that's silly. Well, in our, in our natural mind, if we just read it, then that's fine. And we say, I'm going to lose all prosperity. Why? So I can be rich. Why? So I can have things that I want to on this earth. You say, well, no, nobody thinks that way. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Prosperity sermons have been preached off this. Tell me I'm wrong, Dad. Prosperity sermons have been preached out of this right here. You bind those things out of your life. You loose, you loose the prosperity of God. You loose these things. And, and most of them are evangelists by saying, if you just give more money, when you hit credit card, you can just, we take Visa, MasterCard. So you're giving yourself into more debt to try to get God to make you prosperous. It just makes no sense whatsoever. 
There's nothing in the Word of God about that, all right? And, I, and yeah, so anyway, we still take cash and checks for this church. I know there's churches that have got to a point to where they, they hand out and slide around, you know, mobile sliding devices. But there's ways online you can give. And I hope you're not to the point to where you give with a credit card to where you charge interest on giving to God from man because that makes no sense whatsoever. All right. Binding and loosing. So we take, all right, I want, I want all these things bad in my life bound. I want every situation bad in my life. I want all suffering bound. I forbid it in my life. That's good. We can pray. Satan, I bind you for me. I bind you for me in the name of Jesus. We've got we to put that on the end of it. Because if we don't, we're not doing anything. But we're not binding Satan up and cuffing him. Why? Because we know as soon as we pray that, then the next ten seconds later, he's right there He's right there accusing us again, tempting us again, putting thoughts in our mind again. So we're not binding him. We're using the authority through Jesus to say, hey, God forbid already, since you're a child of God, him working in your life. You say, well, is he loosing these things? No, you are by the words that you're speaking out of your mouth. You're praying those things that, God, God, I forbid these things in my life, but yet your actions and your words loose those things in your life. And you say, well, it still doesn't make sense in a natural life. It doesn't. This is, this is far beyond what our natural mind can comprehend and think. That's why the Holy Spirit has to reveal these things to us. That's why the Holy Spirit has to show us these things in our life and change us to where we can get a glimpse of what God's talking about here. And so he says, you know, we can... We bind things and we lose things. We know from James 4, 7 that says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we have the authority by submitting ourselves to God fully that we can say to the devil, You must flee from my life. And he'll flee and he'll come right back. Why? And we say it again. So it takes faith to live this life. We've talked about faith a lot. Everything that we read here, because we can't see it and understand it with our natural eye, takes faith. It takes faith to understand these things. It goes on to say in James 4, 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So as you submit to God, you're drawing near to God. Does that make sense? You're submitting yourselves to God. You're drawing near to God. He's drawing near to you. We cannot just bind and loose what we want. So we, we, we can't just bind poverty and lack and loose prosperity. We can't bind ourselves from all suffering. And, and it come back and loose all good things that happen in our life. Because you say, well, well, ain't that what God wants? He wants us to have good things. But He never promised this life without suffering. He never promised this life without pain. And so through those times of pain and suffering and different things in our life and trials and circumstances, situation, we should be able to see how we can bind these things in our life and forbid them and then loose God to work in our life. It goes on in, in Matthew, where well, I'm skipping just a little bit, in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. So we can get into, we're going to read this. He says it again here to a different group. He said it to his disciples then when they said, Who do you say that I am the Son of God? Right? That was revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking to another group of people. And, and in this, he's talking about somebody that, he's talking about forgiveness, because we'll read, just, just hang on a second. In verse 15 of chapter 18, he says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Okay. Jimbo's done something to me. I get offended by it. 
I need to go talk to Jimbo by herself. We should work it out, right? That's, that's plain and simple. Not go gossip about it to four people. Me go to Jimbo. And then they're mad at Jimbo. And then all this stuff. That's the way, that's the way we want to do things. I know Pat was involved. He said in gossip this morning, didn't he, Brett? And so, praying for him. <laughs> all right, let's read on. If he hears you and have gained your, and you have gained a brother. So if he hears you, if we, if I go to Jimbo, say, hey, I, you know, this happened and this happened. You know, we need to work this out. And I, I, I need, I need you to forgive me, and I need to forgive you. Okay, he said, all right, man, yeah, no problem. You know, I'm sorry for this, and we work it out. We reconcile, so we're good. Then he goes on, and he says, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. You know, that's how the Word of God and the stories in this Bible were established, right? That's how they did it back then. It wasn't that just Matthew wrote the book of Matthew. He, you know, there was witnesses there. And they, they had two or three confirm the same story. And that's how it was established. And that's how it was come to be, right? Okay, everybody understands that. So, he says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. But if it... If he refuses to hear him, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So, in other words, are you saying that we should just excommunicado everybody that does us wrong? No. Not. Not at all. Because he's saying that, sure, you've done what you need to do to say, hey, we need to reconcile this. Guess who it's on now? Them and not you. But if you still allow, because let's read on and I'll get back to that thought. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind, whatever you don't permit, whatever you don't allow on earth will have already been bound in heaven. It's that same same one. Will have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, if two or three, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done to them, my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So, let's get back up here. If you say that you have forgiven somebody, heaven, if we say it's loosed in heaven, then you say, hey, I forgive this person. You are loosing forgiveness on them, from you, okay? You're not saying God can forgive them, all this stuff. No, you are loosing you. If you hold on to that, you are binding you. You are, you are for, in essence, saying, I forbid myself to forgive this person from doing, and, from, and, and, and they're, they're going to have a hold on me through whatever they've done to me in their life. Does that make sense? And if you, if you say, all right, then I forgive them, you are, in essence, loosing them from what they've done. Does that, does that make it to where they didn't do it? No. But they ain't got a hold in your life. They don't have a hold over you because if they do that, then you're, you're binding yourself up. You're binding those things that, that God wants you to have in your life because guess where, guess where true forgiveness and freedom come from? Jesus. Where is Jesus? He's in heaven. So, sure, they still need to have forgiveness and freedom and healing in their life but you're still holding on to something that you should have let go years ago. 
You're still holding on to things that happened no telling how long ago, and you're binding yourself from receiving from God what you need to receive because you won't be loosed of it. And, and so Jesus is talking about forgiveness here because the next, the next verse, Peter, Peter, this is, this is where Peter comes and asks. Where was we at? Do what? 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall your brother, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? So Jesus just got through saying, hey, what if you bind on earth is bound in heaven? If you loose on earth is loose in heaven. All Peter heard was, hey, if this person does me wrong, I'm going to cut them out of my life and I'm not going to worry about them no more. All he heard was, hey, I get to do whatever I want to and if they don't do right by me, I can just shun them. That's how Peter, it seemed like Peter stopped here and right there as we all do. Why? Because we want the Word of God to fit our life. We want a God that comes down and conforms to us instead of us going and forming to God as He wants us to be. We want a God and a Savior that saves us on Sundays but lets us live Monday through Saturday as we want to. We want a God that lets us do everything that we want to do versus what He wants us to do. So we want a God to fit our mold and what we call a God and what we call Savior and what we call righteous and what we call holy instead of what God calls holy. So we want it to, to be what we want it to be. So whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Guess what has already been loosed from heaven because forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's already been loose. How dare we keep that and say that somebody else doesn't deserve forgiveness because we don't want to give them forgiveness. So, again, we're making us higher than God because we don't want to forgive that person. We don't feel like God should forgive that person. Again, you're binding yourself. You're binding yourself. It's hard for us to deal with, but the Word of God's not easy once you get into it. It's not just a little little fly, butterfly, every little thing goes right kind of word that Jesus is actually preaching here. I heard a message series a while back called Savage Jesus. You read in the book of Mark, Jesus goes through and Mark's recollection of what he wrote about Jesus was Jesus was not just coming in and just saying, hey, we're going to love everybody. Everybody's good today. Everybody has this. Oh, just that. No, he was coming in shaking things up. He was coming in meaning to cause turmoil in the religious body, in the religious life of people. He was doing it with intent. And he wants us to do it with intent also and live this life. Live this life according to him and forgive others when they need to be forgiven. Love others when they need to be loved when we don't feel like we can love them. And we go to God and say, God, all right, I'm tired of letting this thing find me in my life. I'm tired of letting the situation hold me back. So I'm going to loose. I'm going to loose this right now in the name of Jesus, through the authority of Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to take this person, you name them, whatever situation it is, whatever's going on, and you say, all right, I loose this right now in the name of Jesus. What are you loosing? You're not loosing God to rain down power over them or rain down just all kinds of bad things. No, you're, you're loosing your life and saying, God, I forgive them. 
I love them. Will you help me to know how to forgive them, how to love them, how to show that love, how to live that love I need to each and every day? Will you show me those things? And we can, we can take and we can, we can live the life and loose ourselves of those things of being bound in our life and what God has for us. So we get past forbidding and telling people that they, they got to go and got to do this and we can't have them in church no more. We get past that. All right, past that point. And we get to where we can forgive others and we can love others and we can live as God's called us to live. Because when we do that, then we can get to that point to where truly two or three are gathered together in His name. And truly He is in the midst of us. Nothing holding us back. Nothing binding us from, from, from receiving from Him. Nothing keeping us away from where we need to be. And we can see Him work in our life. We can see Him do that. Don't ever come to the point to where you can't forgive somebody because they haven't asked you to forgive them. Because if we did, then Jesus could never forgive us, could He? And we know that Jesus doesn't hold on to any sin, to anything that we've done Him wrong. Because when we go to Him and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, be Lord of my life. Then he's saying, well, I, I, I choose not to remember them no more. I cast them as far as the east is from the west. You're my child. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir of Jesus. You know, we've got it warped in the world to where we say, well, God loves everybody. Or we're created, we are created in His image. And this one's like, well, I don't we're all God's children. Mm. We're created in His image and His likeness as humans. But we're not all God's children. Say, well, that's just mean. Well, the only way you can be a child of God is to have Him Lord of your life. And to be accepted into His kingdom by forgiveness of your sins. So if you hear somebody up there preaching, we're all children of God, then, then they're wrong. Because that's not what the Word of God says. As mean as it may sound or whatever, until that person comes to the realization in their life that they need Jesus, they are bound and going to hell by the bondage they're living in. Until they loose, them, uh, the loose themselves of this worldly view and this worldly way of thinking, then, then they can be a child of God. And So my prayer that your eyes are enlightened this morning, that if you're not a child of God this morning, today you would become a child of God. And then if you're dealing with things in your life, today you would loose those things out of your life or allow God to remove those things and loose you of those things, of unforgiveness, of, 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 of hate, of different, whatever it is in your life that's holding you back and binding you, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to re- release you of that and you release yourself of that and quit letting those things come bind you. Because guess what? Tomorrow, if you pray a prayer today, God, forgive me of these things. I want to be free of this. I, want, I forgive this person. I love this person. Guess what's going to happen when you leave here? Thoughts of anger. Thoughts of hate. Thoughts of what that person said or done. Why? Because that's what the devil wants. He wants you to be bound. He wants you to be bound by your life, by the actions you've had in your life. But just as Sydney saying this morning, all that we have is his heart. He said, if I can get in there, if I can get to that deepest part in their body, the one that the part that makes them just tick, because without this we know we know if our heart ain't ticking, we ain't ticking. 
right? If I can get here and then allow them to change, if they allow me to change them from the inside out, then we can go somewhere. We can do something. And they can understand that binding and loosing is not as difficult as what Jesus, as what we think Jesus meant here. It can work in their life. It can work in our life when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. And so that's, that's, that's what I hope and pray that you get from this sermon today and this message is that we can live the life and we can, we can have a life full of the Holy Spirit working and moving. We can have a life full of God in our life Monday through Saturday as well on Sunday when we, when we get rid of all these excess things that we don't need in our life. Amen? Amen. So you have the power as a child of God. Children of God then have the power to use the keys of the kingdom of God. Children of God have the right and the access to go into the Holy of Holies. Have the right and the access to come before God boldly and, and proclaim whatever is going on in their life. And ask Him to help. Ask Him to work. Ask Him to move, not only in your life, but going on behalf of others also. And so, so it's Jesus laid down His life for us. As Jesus forgives us, we can learn how to forgive others. We can learn how to let these things go in our life and, and watch God work and move. Amen? Amen. We all stand this morning. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then today is the day to make that known in your life. If you've never prayed a prayer to repentance and ask God to forgive you your sins and ask you to ask Him to come in, then we can pray together and 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 watch God work and move in your life. If you've if you've been there and you say, "Well, I know I have, I've, I've prayed that before, but I've walked away and I want to do my own things." I'm I'm, I'm losing things in my life that doesn't need to be there by my own accord and I need them to change, then we need to pray today that you get that right. That you come back to that relationship with Him. That you come back and, and be who God's called you to be. We did, had that last week and I just I, I love it that people realize and, and the Holy Spirit convicts and, and He should be convicting you right now of things in your life should let Him convict you of your th- of things in your life. What's going on? Whatever's not, you need to get rid of today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to come back in that relationship with Him. Amen. As music plays, let the Holy Spirit work and move. Let Him speak.